0: Now on Food FM, you're listening to Bread and Butter with Caroline Kenyon. Caroline and her guests make sense of the world through food, from politics to farming, making and cooking. Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM.
1: Hello. I'm Caroline Kenyon, and I'm the very lucky presenter of Bread and Butter, which is my opportunity to talk to all sorts of people in the world of food and drink everywhere across the globe about anything that I find fascinating. And it can hardly have escaped your notice that we are at the start of the festive season. And one of the things about festive celebrations, of course, is food. So I'm delighted to welcome today to bread and butter Olivia Vachon, who's events and PR manager of Italy in London, which is a new venture. Absolutely wonderful place if you've not visited. And Olivia, you and I are going to talk about Italian Christmas, and I'm so excited,
0: welcome. Thank you very much, Caroline. It's a pleasure uh, to have me on board today. Thank you so much. So I imagine Olivia, that there are so many
1: aspects of Italian Christmas um, for us to talk about. Tell me a little bit about your your childhood Christmases growing up. Where where did you usually spend Christmas? Was it in the town or in the country?
0: Yes, yeah, so I'm from Milan, which is in the northern part of Italy, in uh, Lombardia is the name of the region. However, my mom's parents are from Piedmont, from uh, the northern part as well. So my childhood was mostly spent uh, to spend Christmas in Piedmont with them. It's a very tiny village called Alta Villa, And uh, there was a little bit of fights uh, because uh, both of my parents wanted to spend Christmas with their parents. However, my dad's parents are from uh, Canada. So it's uh, not that easy to go to Canada every single year. So I would say yes, countryside and uh, definitely Piedmont Yes was for me.
1: So tell me, tell me about the foods and the dishes and the cooking and the preparations
0: you remember from when you were a little girl. Definitely. So I think what's quite special about Italy is that it has an extremely regional cuisine. So even if people think that Italians always eat all the same, it's actually extremely regional. So it really depends on where you're spending Christmas. And in Piedmont, Piedmont has a beautifully rich type of cuisine. Uh, definitely the only thing that, never, uh, that was never missing was panettone and pandoro and maybe then after we can talk a little bit about this Italian fight between Team Pandoro and Team Panettone. Um, Definitely, I would say that we would start always with uh, a little bit of smoked salmon, tartine, so some tartines with some olive pate. Definitely uh, a nice cured cheese and ham board because it's something that Italians love and it always needs to be at the table. Some little olives, uh, some little grilled artichokes, my granddad, Carlo, loves grilled artichokes. So since we were a kid, since I was a kid, definitely uh, we would have that at a table in Christmas. Um, and then it really depended, I guess, a lot of antipasti to start, uh, to start the, the Christmas lunch on the 20th, on 25th. We would even have uh, a nice lighter dinner on the 24th before opening all the presents. Um, and then I would say to, probably tortellini in brodo, which is uh, a fresh-filled pasta usually filled with meat. Um, with some nice broth, uh, homemade usually, meat-based, and then uh, probably some kotequina and lenticchie. Cotecchino and lenticchie, it's, it's a dish that's extremely typical for New Year's, and actually uh, the legend tells that if you eat a lot of lentils, you get rich. So <laughs> I definitely add a lot of lentils, I'm still trying on this, we'll see how it goes, I'll let you know this here. Um, but it's something that it's, uh, it's well-consumed for, uh, for Christmas. And Cotechino, it's a kind of a, it's difficult to explain. It's a kind of stuffed meat, uh, already kind of pre-cooked. It doesn't sound inviting, but it kind of is when you eat it, uh, it's quite nice. Um, and then definitely a lot of panettone and pandoro. And probably before that always, we like to have some dates, some, uh, um, walnuts a lot of like um nuts and just like dried fruits basically and then yeah i mean if you can drink if i was a kid i wasn't supposed to to drink but of course a lot of like spumante or prosecco definitely a lot of uh, nice italian wine this was the way and usually you would start probably around 1 pm and then Basically, you would end around 6 p.m. and then you would be like, oh, what are we going to have for dinner? And then you just <laughs> carry on and it never ends. <laughs> that, that's oh, so absolutely
1: <laughs> wonderful. So who does all the cooking in your family? Is it, a, is it a team effort? Is your
0: grandmother in charge? No, I would say my granddad. My granddad always loved to cook. I always How interesting. It He'd that... open a restaurant, so. <laughs> in oh, minute, he ran but... a restaurant. No, no, no! I, I always said he should, but in oh, never We should, <laughs> because I was going to say, is that quite unusual that for an Italian gentleman of his age to be involved in the kitchen? 100%. So uh, right now, they're, of course, they're less involved. They're almost 90-year-old, both of them. Oh. Uh, my nonna Luisa and nonno Carlo. Yes. <laughs> those are their names. Definitely, he, uh, my gra- my grandma was really good in doing gnocchi. So, I have this, uh, like, just this, these this memories of her, like, making gnocchi from scratch and just using, like, literally the whole table of the kitchen and just making a mess. And it was amazing. Uh, hopefully, we can do a little bit about, about that this year as well. While my, my granddad is more like with arrosto, the kind of slow cooked meats, and uh, even um, uh, coniglio. So, anything to do with, like, meats uh, is, uh, is always yes. in charge. And agnolotti, of course. And the, the cuisine of Piedmont is just. Phew, absolutely amazing especially because like when you live in those little villages you really know the producers so you really know you know where you're getting your meat from and everything is just extremely well sourced and extremely fresh so oh, it it's sounds just you know wonderful. where it comes from you know which nowadays is like not you know not so usual so no oh a, i'd like may there. i
1: come with you on wednesday <laughs> Incredible.
0: I know I'm pretty excited. I'd love to come too. I've been like dieting a little bit, so I'm like ready for
1: it. Yeah, Absolutely.
0: So do you help cook when you get there? Oh my God, it's really funny because my my granddad doesn't really trust me. I don't know why. (laughs) So the only thing I'm allowed, and it's not a joke, is literally to clean the salad. But even for that, like it needs to be like especially cleaned in a particular way. So basically it's just like, no, I would say like my grandma, she's like the helper and we can like set the table. I don't know. I couldn't gain trust after uh, 32 years or so. Uh, yeah, I help on other ways. Uh, let's say <laughs> yes. And how oh, are, there, are in you have lots of cousins or brothers and sisters? Will it be a big family occasion? Oh, it's gonna be a. It's gonna be a small one. In uh, on my dad's side in Canada, there's so many of them. I have so many cousins. Uh, they, my dad has a lot of brothers and a sister, so definitely it's like a big one. While yes. my mum, it's uh, it's quite a small one. She just uh, has a, a brother. who has uh, has my only cousin now, Emma, she's uh, 20, 21. She's uh, quite old now. And so it's going to be, yeah, an intimate one, a tiny one it sounds wonderful so what are the things that you, you well when you have been allowed to help
1: apart from washing salad which i think is very funny so what are the, what are the other dishes uh, christmas dishes um the preparation do you remember
0: yeah definitely i remember on my my dad's side uh we always when i'm spending because my parents are divorced so when i spend christmas with my mom usually we have a big christmas dinner with my dad before And my dad loves to eat and loves to cook. It's like an amazing cook uh, since uh, day one. (laughs) And uh, so there's a lot of preparation involved there then. And I remember his wife does something beautiful that's called panettone gastronomico. It's something that's not really famous in the UK. Um, It's basically a savory panettone, sliced and stuffed with different fillings, served as an appetizer so it's basically like it's much easier to make than like a classic sweet panettone and the dough is uh, i would say similar to a pan brioche but it has the shape of panettone, and inside you can put everything you want. So you can put like, it's like layered, so you can put some olive oil pate, ham pate, sorry, not olive oil, uh, olives pate, some ham pate, some smoked salmon, tuna pate, and it's, oh my God, it's so nice. And literally looks like a little castle, and basically every time you take out a little piece of it, you never know what's inside, so it's quite magical about it, so. Oh, that um, sounds wonderful. That's really really inspired me.
1: I would never have thought of that.
0: Really, so really tell weird. me, you, you
1: um, when we just started chatting, Olivia, you mentioned the the kind of the the rivalry between panettone and pandoro. Pandoro, yes. Oh, exactly. Explain
0: that to us. Oh my God, it's uh, it's quite a serious fight. So, <laughs> uh, in Italy, you basically have two teams. You have Team Panettone and Team Pandoro. So. Basically just to explain a little bit, so uh, panettone, I'm sure you all know what it is, but literally it means big bread. And it's a, a sweet eggy cake that is traditionally uh, dotted with candies and candied and dried fruits. Then of course you have all the varieties, you can have it with hazelnuts inside, with chocolate inside, and then it rises into a dome shape as it bakes. It takes almost 30 hours to rise. So probably this is why no one makes panettone at home and literally you just buy it already made. And it comes from Milan. Then Pandoro, it's very similar. Uh, it's made from uh, again a rich eggy dough, and it, it it it's called Pandoro, which means pan oro, and means golden bread. Um, and the it's really nice because the the cake is baked in a eight-pointed star-shaped pan that gives this kind of signature shape. And they say it's modeled after the mountains near Verona. It's very romantic. And then basically what we do with that, we, uh, we dust a small amount of like vanilla flavored powdered sugar. And then it looks like there's snow in the mountains. It's kind of very romantic. So one is from Milan and one is uh, from Verona. Usually you would say that the kids have pandoro and the adults have Panettone, which I don't really agree because I'm a team Pandoro. So basically <laughs> the difference is that if you don't like candied and dried fruits, you would opt for a pandoro because it's like, it has that kind of, the kid taste, you know, it's very sweet, it's very sugary, it's very fluffy. Well, you know, the most traditional adults would say, of course, I mean, it's Christmas, so it has to be Panettone. And it's really funny because on our social media uh, platform uh, at Easy London, we did this kind of uh, um, rivalry between Panettone and Pandoro. And we made our clients choose between and literally in the office, it was like, oh, my God, it's going to win. Hopefully it's Pandoro. And the other ones were like, hopefully it's Panettone. And at the end, I'm really sad to say that yeah, panettone won, which makes sense. It's like oh. the most classical, the most traditional, and I mean, it's it's amazing as well. But it's just uh, it's just really nice. how so Italians get really serious and mad about food. So well, it's they're just quite a, right. It's, a, it's a very
1: serious matter. So tell me, tell me more. What's been happening at um, Italy and London for 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 Christmas and. How how have you been
0: celebrating the run-up? For us, it has been uh, quite an exciting time this year because it's our first Christmas. Even if we think that we've been open for almost two years, we haven't. (laughs) So definitely, it is our first Christmas. We centered everything, of course, around food. So for everyone, if uh, someone doesn't know what Italy is, Italy is a big Italian cathedral of, uh, of food. We are based on three pillars, which, which are eat, shop and learn. So eat, of course, it's all of our restaurants. Shop, it's all of our beautiful products. We have more than 6,000 products uh, in our market currently. And learn is everything that we like to teach to our clients about Italy and its food, its storytelling, its tradition, uh, from our cooking classes to our tours our wine festivals and uh, and much much more so because this is our first christmas we really thought that would be interesting to center all our storytelling around the hero of christmas which is panettone even if i said i'm a pandora fan i need to say uh, i need to say it's panettone this year um and we uh, brought more than 40 varieties of panettone in london so actually we had the biggest selection of uh, italian panettone of the uk not only in london so it's quite exciting and there's literally a panettone for everyone there's a vegan panettone there's a gluten-free panettone uh, there's a panettone with absolutely everything inside so it's definitely for a little bit for everyone clearly we brought uh, a lot of other hero products as i said tortellini in brodo uh, what i mentioned before cotechino lentils so they're all there and uh, the idea is uh, to give uh, italy as a gift this christmas and that food is the most amazing gift that you that you can give so in in forms of like special hampers or literally just in making a really nice dinner at home food is the way to go Uh, food is uh, sexy food is an amazing gift so uh, that's a little bit our idea for this christmas definitely so we had a beautiful selection of panettone pandoro um, some really nice hampers as well and uh, some nice cooking classes to give as a gift Uh, and much much more so that sounds wonderful that's
1: the way to go. <laughs> i was really intrigued olivia you mentioned that you had a vegan panettone mm-hmm. and i think uh, i was just wondering how much in italian cuisine is i mean because here we have such a big thing where you know more and more people are eating a plant-based diet is that becoming something of a thing in Italy, is it influencing
0: cuisine and therefore what you might eat at Christmas? Yes and no, I would say. I know, I mean, it's a, it's a very personal answer what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do because literally I, I don't know any studies about that. It's more about trends. Definitely in, uh, in Europe and in the UK, uh, vegan is, uh, I would even say almost, you know, trendy and it's literally something that people have a lot of access. In Italy, we do have a Mediterranean diet, so clearly it's very a balanced diet, you would say. Uh, people mm. love, a lot of Italians love to gather their ingredients from small producers because it, it is quite easy in Italy, you know, to have your, even in, in a city like Milan, to have your own butcher, to have your own fishmonger. So to have some people that you trust and uh, to source the ingredients the right way, which I think that's the first step towards a right way of eating, definitely. Know where your products are coming from and knowing your producers and the quality of the ingredients that you're using another thing is uh, which is a little bit of the Italy mantra is uh, eat better and eat less so sometimes you know uh, the, the most simple thing that we have at Italy our our core recipe is uh, the spaghetto Italy which is literally a tomato spaghetto and it's uh, vegan so literally is you can make it vegan so it's literally some amazing quality uh, pasta from Gragnano then you have a really nice olive oil on top some nice tomato sauce or just like literally fresh tomatoes and that's it then of course you can add your parmigiano reggiano if you want or not but uh, you can make it vegan so there's a lot of things that actually are vegan in the Italian cuisine that we don't even think of and there are literally really really good ingredients Uh, of course there is uh, there is veganism in Italy we have some specific supermarkets where you can get you know anything from tempeh tofu yeah it's not uh, that popular I would say as it is in London But again, I think for Italians, I don't want to generalize, but uh, it's a lot about a good balanced diet and literally knowing where your food comes from. And I think that's the right way to go. So it's a good starting point, let's say.
1: Yes. No, it's really interesting. And I'm sure, you know, if I asked you the same question in five years time, you might give me a slightly different answer. 100%,
0: 100%.
1: Yes. So what do you think will be on the menu for you when you get to your grandparents in Piedmont?
0: Mm, that's that's a good question they actually sent me kind of a menu online because they wanted to get to to give my (laughs) i love that (laughs) it's it's like they're basically like yeah we're gonna do what we can do but have a look let let us know give you give us uh, uh, your input so let me see what they say so they're saying antipasti so salumi and formaggi, so cheese ham. Yes, they put this uh, this grilled artichokes, of course, because it's like our Euro product at home. Semoli, yes. Semolini, which is like some little fritters with like spinach and uh, some kind of fried little polenta. Then agnolotti, which are my favorite, which is like a, a hand-filled pasta, typical from Piedmont uh, with a, a meat filling. And it's just really beautiful with some uh, melted butter, sage and uh, some uh, Parmesan on top, just. Delightful. And then probably some mostarda, which is quite interesting because it sounds like mustard, but it's not. It's kind of um, candied fruits, but you eat them uh, usually with some meat, with some arrosto or cappone. And then some uh, tomato puree, probably. Maybe a cotechino and lentils, they don't know yet. And a lot of sweets. They basically said, there's so much panettone and pandoro, we don't have to think about that. So sounds really nice. (laughs) Sounds amazing. So have you ever spent Christmas in another part of Italy? No, always in Piedmont. However, because I lived my last six years in Brazil before coming to London last year. Uh, I spent it last year it was quite amazing I spent it in Brazil and it's completely a different tradition and of course 35 degrees around there in December so it was a different Christmas I might miss it a little bit actually right yes
1: now. <laughs> I'm sure so just tell me just going back to 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 Italy so you know in I don't know if you've ever had a, a traditional English Christmas but we do things like when we make the um, the Christmas pudding on is on a day called stir up Sunday and it's mm. traditional to put a silver coin into the to the pudding and then whoever finds the Christmas, the, the silver coin on Christmas Day and their pudding, they have good luck. Oh, so do you have it. any
0: traditions like that? Ah, oh, difficult to say. I think, in, I think from my region, not really. Like we do play a lot of like games like tombola and everything like during yes. the day, definitely a lot of cards, especially if you're like with your grandparents, you you need to play cards, like anything. Yes. But no, I would say, no, maybe it's something that I need to check for this year, bring a, a new tradition in town. <laughs> yes absolutely and um, what about your friends who come from other parts
1: of Italy I mean say Puglia or somewhere Mm -hmm. like that or Sicily do do you know what they have
0: at Christmas Um, definitely they would have something completely different Uh, as I said like it's extremely regional Puglia Sicily sardinia they would always have seafood seafood all over like definitely it's something that they would have and then maybe probably different types of pasta as well because depending on the region where you are it's just uh, a completely different way. No, it's it sounds amazing. And I, I mean, are your family
1: religious, Olivia? That's a tricky one. Not really, I would say. So, does it, does going to church play a part in it, or has it really become a family cultural event? Mm,
0: sometimes we do. There is a little church in uh, in Altavilla Monferrato, is the the tiny little village where my grandparents are from. So sometimes we would go on the twenty fourth in the evening because there is a really nice choir, and it's just really. Beautiful. So yeah, sometimes we do actually. At midnight, it's at midnight on the twenty-fourth in the evening. Oh, that sounds so
1: special. I bet it's really <laughs> magical. It is. It is. It's really, really. Do you nice. ever have snow?
0: Yes, we do. Definitely. There actually was snow last week. So uh, yes. <laughs> oh,
1: it's going to be beautiful. You know, when I when I got married, my husband and I uh, we went on our honeymoon in in December, and we went to Cortina. To oh, go skiing. Cortina d'Ampezzo, so Oh, nice. we so had the beautiful. most wonderful time, and we we were skiing on Christmas Day. It was amazing.
0: Oh, really so special. nice! I'm oh, so nice. I'm sure you were having a lot of mulled wine as well, vin brulé, as we call it. Absolutely, <laughs> and I love, I adore roasted
1: vegetables. We had, I ate almost the same thing wherever we went to eat. I'd have the same thing, and my husband would say, "Don't you want something different?" And I say, "No, it's so delicious." <laughs> Love it. Love the food it. was what that was one of the reasons why I, I organized our honeymoon and, and the reason why I chose Italy is because I just love Italian
0: food. <laughs> There's literally so much like so much and I always say like even us as Italians we have no idea what's going on like in other in, uh, in other regions just because the, the the food culture is just so rich when we think about the types of olives that we have in Italy or how many types of like fresh pasta that we have literally we have this map at Italy where it says every region and each type of pasta and sometimes i look at it when i come to the office and i'm like i don't even know half of it i've never tried it it's just so incredible like that's how rich so it funny. is so, yeah. and it's from your own country yes exactly no but literally uh, it's for example like in sardinia there is this type of pasta that's called which is absolutely beautiful and, and, and they're shaped like sweets and inside you have uh, well it really depends but you can have like ricotta and uh, and spinach and literally if you don't go to sardinia you're not going to eat it it's not something that you find you know in milan or in rome so it's just uh, so rich it's beautiful we always have something to learn even as italians i guess yes. that's that's the idea of the storytelling you always need to learn There's so much you can absolutely
1: learn. i mean i just i just really really hope that italy can preserve this amazing culture because you yeah, know definitely. industrially produced food by international companies i mean it, it's well one it's not really food and two it's it's so meaningless there's no soul or heart to it
0: yeah definitely i think uh well we have slow food i don't know if you know slow food yes i do it's an amazing amazing movement uh worldwide that's helping small producers you know to to gain their confidence and just to to show their amazing products all around the world and italy is very much linked to slow food actually oscar farinetti our founder is like i would say best friend with carlo petrini who's the he's a very famous food journalist in italy but he's the founder of the movement Slow Food, so definitely I think these kind of movements help a lot to to just maintain this culture, it's it's really, really important for us. Um, There is this uh, university in Pollenzo, in Piedmont, which actually was funded by the same founder of of Slow Food, Uh, and it's the, the first university that actually talks about gastronomy as a science. So it's the University of the Gastronomic Sciences. And it's really, really interesting because there's a lot of people who literally come from all over the world to study gastronomy in this university. And it's the first time that it's it's not only linked. It's in Pollenzo. It's uh, north of Italy as well. That's fascinating. I would love to know more about that. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. They're they're doing a lot of uh, uh, masters and PhDs as well. And it's the... There's literally people from all around the world that go there to study because it's literally the first time that we talk about food, not necessarily related as the hospitality world, but literally as science. And there's so much to it in terms of like anthropology, sociology It's just a a whole other world, you know, to study. It's really, really, really interesting. So definitely, I think like projects like this, they're amazing to just uh, keep this food culture alive, I guess. And the work of these producers that literally is just so many generations and so much hard work and some really special products that everyone should know about, I think. Yes. Uh, That's the idea. (laughs)
1: wonderful well olivia it's been an absolute delight to talk to you i think i've learned about what a piedmontese christmas is like i I wish i could come with you on wednesday and your
0: grandparents there's some room in the luggage if you want it's not
1: too late and i think maybe next year because i live in north lincolnshire which is a very agricultural part of England a a great uh, place of food production I think maybe we should have an Italian Christmas at my home
0: why not and I'm gonna understand more about these tricks about the coin that you receive at Christmas so I'm gonna introduce that to my family as well why not absolutely
1: oh and the other thing that you must do Olivia is you you need to set fire to your Christmas pudding which sounds crazy you pour brandy all over it when it is on the serving dish you mm-hmm. pour brandy over it and then you get a, a box of matches and you light the brandy and it flames and it I looks amazing. It. And everyone goes, woo, and it's exciting. It's like,
0: love it. I'm definitely going it. to try
1: this. But don't, don't burn your house down.
0: Exactly. Ooh
1: to be careful oh well have a wonderful time and <laughs> you know I think you. we just we all, for those of us who are so blessed we need to remember how lucky we are in these difficult times and how many people are not as lucky as we
0: are 100% and just remember to hug our family and stay just close to our family as much as we can
1: absolutely Olivia thank you so much thank you so much have
0: a lovely rest of the day and happy Christmas you too happy Christmas Buon Natale ciao ciao you're listening to Bread and Butter with Caroline Kenyon To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com.